98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd Kellen Olsen on The Rundown. Welcome back to the show. Luke Lipinski here with you. And joining us on the Coulter Automotive Group Sports Line is the one and only Phoenix Suns guru of ArizonaSports.com, Kellen Olson. Kellen, I'm guessing a busy day for you today. How you doing? Wait, did something happen? No, <laughs> never. Okay, I'll see you later. I'm going to hang up now. All right, cool. So that was <laughs> Kellen Olson. That was fun. That was a good conversation right there. Uh Let's see here. Let's start with the Chris Paul stuff. I want to get into the draft though too because I don't feel like anybody's talking about the NBA draft. But let's—it's only a week away, Luke. Literally one week from today. <laughs> Literally one week exactly. The draft will be Monday. happening. Yeah. Let's start with uh, with Chris Paul though. First, just just your general thoughts on if a trade like this is let's let's say it was Ubre and Rubio. Whether that goes involves a third team or whatever. Let's say it's those two guys. Would you be willing to give up those two? Would you be willing to give up any more than those two? Do you even want Chris Paul? I would do it for those two. I would do it to trade down from 10 to 25 in the draft. OKC owns number 25. Um, I would start to hesitate if number 10 was involved. Uh, I just put out a poll on Twitter to see if Suns fans would do just number 10 and Oubre and Rubio for uh, CP3, and it seems like the 10th overall pick is kind of where people draw the line in the sand and say that's too much. I would agree, but I, I would also need to know if the Suns have any like serious plans in free agency because, like, say right now they think they've got a really good chance of signing someone like Jeremy Grant or Davis Bertans or Christian Wood or Danilo Gallinari, Paul Millsaps or Jabaka. That makes it a little bit easier to go away with that pick, but you would need to know that for sure. Regardless of like value, though, and like there are some other things here, like one of the worst secrets um it's not really a secret it's just like something really people don't talk about enough is that the Suns were really good when Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker played together in terms of outscoring the opposition they were one of the best team best backcourts in the league last year and obviously Kelly Oubre just has like a a huge place not only in the locker room but on the floor he's an important player but at the end of the day this just comes down to Chris Paul It's, it's Chris freaking Paul he was second team all NBA last year he is very very good he, is, he was the best clutch player in the NBA last year. He would make their clutch offense even better than it was going through Devin Booker, which is crazy to say because of how good Book was in clutch moments last year. But it would be even better. And the thing is, they wouldn't be really doing much to their long-term trajectory because Rubio's on a two-year deal, so is Paul. So you're just really just upgrading. And for the price of Oubre, given his situation, given what you have behind him to kind of fill in the gaps and the likelihood of him staying beyond next year is, is kind of low, it feels like. So uh, I, I would begrudgingly do it. it. It would be tough, though. I don't think it's this thing where you just celebrate the deal getting done. I think it's tough, and it's a risk. It is a risk, and I don't. It, it's hard to remember the last time this team took a risk that had a potential huge reward. I mean, I guess other than drafting Aiton with number one overall pick. But I, I like what you said in there because I don't think that's getting talked about enough. You're not messing up. You're not messing with your core. You're not messing. I hate to use the word timeline when talking about the Phoenix Suns, but you're not like mortgaging the future. You're giving up a guy in Kelly Oubre who probably won't be here a year from now. And then, like you said, you're upgrading from Rubio to Chris Paul. Let's say they don't make this trade with the way the the Western Conference sets up. It's going to be tough to make the playoffs. I think if they make the trade, they are definitely a playoff team. But do you see this as something they ultimately need to do or? Even if they can't do this, do they need to do something somewhat big this offseason? 
Yeah, but we shouldn't ignore the fact that there are plenty of roads to them still making the playoffs. It's not like it's impossible for this team to make the playoffs without Chris Paul. I would argue that if they bring everyone back and DeAndre Ayton has improved enough in his third season, which in my opinion, as the number one overall pick, he should be, I think they're a playoff team. I just think Book and DA should be that good. I know Book will be. The question is DeAndre. But I think that those two, plus all the pieces they have around them with how well Ricky and Mikel played last year, obviously Kelly I just mentioned, Cam was fantastic at the end of the season and just looked better the more we saw him. I think that's enough to really make the playoffs. With that being said, I I just believe that there is risk to this deal that really isn't being talked about enough because if you look at Chris Paul's past experiences, it didn't end well in Houston. It didn't end well with the Clippers. It did not end well in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you've got a two-year timeline here for – for things to go wrong, so I would I would like to think that it would it would wind up being okay here. But he has a history of things uh, not ending well, and if things don't end well here, I I don't really know where you go. Like, is things not ending well? Devin Booker leaving? Like, I don't really know what happens there. And and again, people are acting like if you don't make this move, then Devin Booker will want to leave anyway. Well, I don't see how that's the case because they could still make the playoffs with this group. There are plenty of different routes that they can go this offseason. They can go acquire a third guard. Spencer Dinwiddie's name has come up in the past couple of days. They've got plenty of ways to go in for agency. Like, there are possibilities here beyond Chris Paul. With that being said, I would do the deal, but I just think there's more discussion that needs to be had that I think some people are willing to let on when it comes to this. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Let me give you one more on the Chris Paul potential trade. A week ago at this time, everybody's talking about Ryan Rossillo saying it's the worst-kept secret in the NBA that Devin Booker wants out of Phoenix. And now here we are tonight talking about Chris Paul potentially wanting to come to Phoenix. So to you, Kellen Olsen, what does that say about the perception of the Suns now league-wide among players? And also, what does it say about you know whether this deal gets done or not, the fact that the Suns are interested, what does it say about how they view this upcoming season? I think it's kind of stating, it's kind of stating the obvious. Like I, I'm sure if we could get Devin 100% completely honest on it, he would say that he's upset with the lack of talent they've put around him. It's the secret has been that he's been this good for two to three years now. He has gotten better, but he has been at an all-star, all-NBA level for the past two seasons, and I would even argue three. I think if you go back to that, like last year with like the whole um, Josh Jackson, Marquise Chris, Tyson Chandler group, I think that was the year that he really took a leap. And he's been playing at such a high level now that, of, co- of course, anyone in his position and something that we have been talking about on the show for literally years already, just kind of waiting, saying, like, this is looming if they don't do something. And now it, that's the thing about this Chris Paul trade. If this is something that, that Devin wants, and it, I think this is something we just talked about on the show before, like, if this is something that Devin wants, I think you just need to do it. And and people will say that that's, that's foolish to let a 24-year-old who's never made the playoffs dictate what you do in the offseason. But he is he is their present past future like he is everything to the franchise right now and if he wants to win now and this is the best way to accelerate it which in my opinion right now it looks like it is then you need to do it there's a risk involved of course but I don't really question Book's ability to fit with Chris Paul or gel with his personality at all he just cares about winning and Chris Paul has not missed the playoffs since I was in high school (laughs) so and I'm, I'm 30 years old to kind of help that analogy go fully together there some people might think I'm like 22 or something, or, or I don't know. Maybe I'm complimenting myself too much. Look, I'm getting off topic. Anyway, I want to see where this goes. To, no, I, I'm I'm very embarrassed now with where it went. <laughs> to put a bow on it, I, I just think that it wouldn't be a problem from book size. I just wonder the rest of the locker room. But again, 
That's where you zoom out and you look at what Monty and James have done in the past year, and you feel a lot more confident with it that the other supporting pieces are there. Um, I mentioned this earlier today on Bickley and Murata, Monty Williams coach Chris Paul, Jeff Bauer, who is vice president of basketball operations for the Suns, drafted Chris Paul in 2005, and then James Jones helped to run the Players Association with Chris Paul. So there's just a ton of links here to make you feel good about the situation for him to be here. And I think he wants to get out of Oklahoma City, most importantly. Yeah, and the stat that stands out to me, Chris Paul has played 92 playoff games since the last time the Suns played one playoff game. Kellen, I'll get you out of here with, a, with a, I guess, a somewhat uh, deep draft question. First of all, Part A, where is like the top tier of this draft? Like, How many tiers do we have to go through before we get to the Suns pick at 10 if they stay there? And then Part B... Give us, like, two names you like for the Suns if they are picking at 10. Can you repeat the first question, Luke? Sorry. Just, you know, if the Suns stay picking at 10, is that the third tier of talent in this draft? Or is the first tier, like, eight names because it's so wide open? Or, you know, how how deep is this draft if you're picking at 10? Right. Okay, I get what you're saying. So there are three names, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman, who I can 100% say will not be there when the Suns pick at 10. They are going to go somewhere within the top three to five. I'm guessing top three. And that's what Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN has been reporting this week, that they're going to go in the top three. After that, there's a second tier, and that could include anywhere from like six to 12 guys, depending on who you talk to, depending on what board you look at. And there are certain guys like Denny Abdia, Obi Toppin, Onyeko Okongwu, Tyrese Halliburton, Isaac Okoro, that seem unlikely to slip to 10. Like it would be very, very surprising if they were there. But after that, you get you get to some names that are still really interesting and have some appeal. Devin Vassell out of Florida State is a 3 and D guy, and if – Let's say the Chris Paul trade is a thing. You need a wing. That guy could come in and help you, too. So could Patrick Williams out of Florida State. He's a little bit more raw, though, and, and the question is if they would want to draft someone like him. And really is what's the most fascinating thing about their draft, in my opinion, because there's Patrick Williams. There could be Kyra Lewis out of Alabama, who's a very good point guard prospect, and so is Killian Hayes from overseas. But all three of those guys are probably going to take a little bit of time to be effective. And I don't think it's – it might be less of a matter of James Jones believing in drafting raw prospects and more of just urgency to win next season and looking at this number 10 pick and saying, okay, we've got this move here, this move here, this move here. We actually need to get a player out of this number 10 pick that we could maybe even use next year. So that's where you start to look at Sadiq Bay out of Villanova, who's a wing. Desmond Bain out of TCU is a guy that I really like. And for me, if I had to pick out of all those guys who are more like ready to go right now, I think he's the best pick. He's one of the best shooters in the, dra- in the draft, a really smart player. Just seems like a James Jones type of player through and through. But as you can tell by me rattling off 15 names, this draft is going to be weird and unpredictable, and there's a lot of different things that are going to happen that we just didn't see coming despite all the scenarios that are possible. And it's a good spot for the Suns to be in 10th overall because there are so many different guys they can pick, and, and there's a lot of variety. But with that being said, that makes it tougher to pick the right guy. So I'm, I'm really fascinated to see the night that is a week away. Again, I have to repeat, a week away in free agency starts in nine days. It doesn't seem real, but believe me, it is. Yep, a week away. I'm looking forward to the draft coverage that night. I think you and I will probably be on it towards the end of the first round like we usually are. Kellen, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time and the insight, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep, see ya.